welcome to the Through the Lens of Learning podcast. If we haven't met, hello, I'm your host, Dr. Tracy Schroyer. I'll give you two words that summarize me to a T, lifelong learner. Join me as I share a bit about my own journey of curiosity, learning, and wonder. You'll also get to hear from some phenomenal individuals on what they're curious about learning and what they have to share too. Are you itching with excitement yet? I am, so let's get started. Hello everyone, it's Dr. Tracy Troyer, and I had gotten a question recently about uh, what I thought or what I've read about quiet quitting. And this is something that I have heard, I've seen in some headlines before, but I hadn't really dove into. So I decided to look a little bit more and learn about what this whole concept is. And if you're not familiar, the concept of quiet quitting is something that's being talked about a lot on TikTok, which I am no longer on. Um, but also I've seen it quite a bit on LinkedIn and then again in different news articles and headlines. And I, over the weekend, I dove in and uh, learned a little bit more. So if you're not familiar with the concept of quiet quitting or the term quiet quitting, it is definitely not something new. It's just something that's being given this name, which I don't know that I even agree with the name completely. But the whole concept of quiet quitting is when an employee is in a role and they do bare minimum, like what they're expected to do. So they're doing their work. They're just not going above and beyond and giving any extra um, beyond what they need. And there's a clear division between work and personal. Um, so they go into work, they do the bare minimum, exactly what they need to do. And I don't even like saying the bare minimum because they're doing what their job requires them to do, right? Um, they're just not interested in doing anything outside of that or above that. And they're likely not interested in a promotion as well is my thought. Um, so it's not a bad thing. But a lot of organizations and a lot of employers expect so much more from employees than what the job requires. There's all, everybody always talks about the other duties as assigned um, and the expectations of people to go above and beyond. And I'll tell you from my perspective, the pandemic, um, I, I would say it's not changed completely how people are in their roles, but it has advanced more quickly the difference um, and of people in the workplace. And so now uh, there, I would say there's not really a division between work and life. There's a, a change in the blend and the shifting and the maybe swirling of the two and going in and out. Um, there are so many employees get, get to work from home. Um, and that is the ability for them to you know, work in the center of their life and where that is. Um, so quiet quitting, I, I don't like to call it quitting because you're doing your job. You're doing what's required of you. You're just not doing anything outside of what that job requires. And is that necessarily bad? I don't think so. But if you're used to being in a culture and an environment and an organization where that is the expectation, and people start to do the minimum job requirements, it's very awkward, and it's very strange, and it's very weird. So I can see from the perspective of quiet quitting from an organization and or a team culture where 
that is the norm and that is the expectation, it can seem very strange to see that shift. Um, but in an organization, if that's how it's, it's typically been or in those kinds of roles, that's no different than the day-to-day how things happen. The other term that I've come across recently is quiet firing. And quiet firing, just like quiet quitting, is not a new concept. It's given this name. Um, And I saw this when I had my first job in a pizza place. Quiet firing is basically when uh, a manager is trying to get rid of an employee without directly firing them. Um, They don't want to maybe have to pay severance or they don't want to have to pay unemployment. And so what they do instead is pretty much make your life miserable. Or um, the example that I saw in the pizza place was that they, um, if somebody, they wanted to let go, but they didn't want to, you know, come out and fire them, that they would cut their hours. So instead of you having maybe... Um, 30, 35 hours, or even 40 hours, they would pull you down to like a very minimum hours. And my husband and I were talking about this recently, and he said he even saw the occasion, uh, example in a pizza place of instead of you getting all these hours that you used to get, whether you're a driver or you're a maker or you know a cashier or whatever, that they would give somebody the hours of Friday from 5 to 6 p.m., and that was it, just that one hour. So basically, it's not even worth your time to come in that you would eventually quit, and they wouldn't have to worry about it. So I have seen this. I have heard of this before. It's just never had this name, so this quiet firing. So it happens all the time, all over the place. Is it right? No. (laughs) Um, But is it going to continue to happen? Yes. Um, But the bigger thing is the quiet quitting and thinking about this concept and how it happens in workplaces. And the hard thing is, is if you're in a role and you're in an organization where the quiet quitting is not the norm, that there are these expectations um, and there are, it's even hard to say expectations or like doing the bare minimum because it's, it's hard to even say going above and beyond. It's just... You, I believe a lot of people have within them that maybe it's a nature, nurture, whatever that is, but they want to do so much more. And, and you know what? It ties back to engagement. So that's the other piece I wanted to talk about. So a lot of my graduate students that I work with in the Industrial Organizational Psychology Program, we talk about... <coughs> excuse me, we talk about employee engagement. And employee engagement for the longest time has been in the dumps. Like, let's be honest. Um, The percentage of employees that are typically engaged in a workplace is in the teens. Like 13%, 18%, like down in the dumps, like not good. Um, I believe that there are different... Um, I guess on the continuum, you have people who are engaged. So, you know, that percentage that are really engaged. And then you have a percentage, a huge percentage that are not engaged. And then you have people somewhere in the middle. Um, So they kind of like sit on the fence. And sometimes they are, depending on what maybe the project is or the initiative or um, the time of year even. 
Um, some people get more engaged the closer it gets to getting a review. Um, so a lot of my graduate students have looked at and explored employee engagement and started to pick apart pieces related to employee engagement. Um, like one example of that is, um, does it have to do with onboarding? Like based on how a new employee is onboarded and maybe the impact, um, you know, 90 days in or a year in and how was that onboarding experience to bring them into the organizational culture. Um, another example is training and development. Um, what type of training and development were they given? And um, was it just the standard compliance training that they were given? Were they given more than that? And how did how has that shaped their experience in the organization and their engagement um, because of maybe the training and development they've, they've gotten? Another aspect that has been looked at too is leadership and is leadership involved in the employees. And I know this is an aspect that was um, touched on in one or two, I think it was actually several articles for quiet, uh, quiet quitting that I found is the leader's engagement with the employees. Um, it's very shocking to me and I am a new people leader. Um, I've been a leader in all respects. I've been a people leader before too, um, or leading without authority. Um, by not being a people leader, but being a people leader, I can't imagine not connecting with your employees because when you become a people leader, it's not really about you. Um, no matter how hard that is for some people to take, it's not about you and your success alone. It's about the team and how the team works together and how they can be successful together. And the leader needs to support the team members um, individually and collectively uh, to help them reach that goal or to overcome those challenges or roadblocks. Um, and that was one aspect of quiet quitting is that people are doing it because their leaders don't seem to give a crap, um, that they're not engaged with their employees. And maybe the leader has a case of that where they're disengaged um, and they don't get the support that they need from their leaders and so it becomes hard for them to support their people or in a lot of cases and a lot of organizations there have been people who have been promoted into people leader roles that are really good at what they do but they are not people leaders and they have not had the experience of people leadership and they don't get the support and the um the insights to help them become a true, good, great people leader. Um, so what you did, what I can't remember what the name of the book is, um, what you did before like won't help you to become, I can't remember exactly the name of it, um, what you did before won't get you, you know, what you did before won't get you there. I'm trying to remember it, I can't. Um, but just because you're really good at what you do doesn't mean that you can shift into, it is a shift into a people leader role. Um, so a lot of organizations, and I've heard from numerous and in different industries that people are really good at what they do. They get into people leader roles and they just, they're, they don't know what to do. They're not succeeding or they're getting moved around um, because of it. So That is one aspect too of quiet quitting is uh, leadership uh, disengagement. Um, so all of these aspects um, are very, 
they go into so much more depth and more detail when we start digging into the research in them. And everybody has a different perspective and it, it, it's based on their experience. Everybody has a different experience they bring to the table and one or more organizations and one or more teams. Um, so it is a very complex concept and topic to talk about. And I only bring to it my vision of what I'm seeing, um, <clears throat> what I'm seeing in some of the research about employee engagement. Um, I definitely am even more interested in digging into the concepts and the topics related to engagement and the concept of quiet quitting um, to learn a little bit more and how can we help leaders and people. I think it's more in the leadership realm though. Uh, because if you're coming to the table and you're maybe you're not doing the quiet quitting and you want to go above and beyond, or maybe you are doing the quiet quitting and nobody even recognizes that it's there and that there are opportunities for additional engagement, then I think it's upon the leader to help bring that out of the people in the organization. Um, but I know it's also hard too, because it depends on where you are in the leadership chain as to the support that you're getting from your senior leadership and down. And um, so it all, there's so much of a domino effect in it. Um, but I really want to dig just that question of, have I looked into that quiet quitting concept? It takes me deeper into employee engagement and changes. And I know the pandemic has affected a lot of us. I don't even know that there's even this work-life balance anymore. It's a lot of it is just like congealed together um, and trying to figure out how to make it work across all of it. Um, so just interested in digging into it a little bit more. Would love to hear more about your thoughts on some of these concepts that I mentioned um, and your experiences. Um, I think maybe this could end up being a season of the uh, through the Lens of Learning podcast that I talk with people about their learning journey through people leadership um, or through, you know, looking at it from a people leadership perspective and um, engagement. Um, so I think there's a lot of more opportunity for discussion here and to dig deeper. And we're not going to find all the answers, but if we can find out and share something that helps one person, oh my gosh, is it worth it? You know, that one person can affect so many other people. Um, so it's absolutely worth it. So that's just my thoughts, my initial thoughts um, and two cents on just thinking about the concept, starting to dig into it and kind of how my brain works and where that all goes um, from just that that one concept and starting to dig into it. So let me know if you would be interested in sharing and talking a little bit more about your journey um, in a people leadership role, or even your thoughts. If you're not in a people leadership role, your thoughts or um, questions or insights or experiences based on uh, some of the these things that we talked about. Thank you, and I hope you have an awesome day. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Upskill University. You can find more information about how to become part of the Upskill community for free. This and other episodes of the Through the Lens of Learning podcast and more on the website at www.upskilluniversity.com. Thanks again for listening and have an awesome day.